You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. want to deal with uh, one word in Philippians 2 and 5 tonight. Uh, that word, let. That's the only thing I want to deal with tonight. The word, let. And I primarily want to just deal with the word, let, because it's, it's no way that we can have the mind of Christ without first learning how to let. Matter of fact, say to somebody, we, we got to learn how to let. I know that just sounds just so improper, but say it to one more person. We have to learn. And it's going to be more clearer when I give you definitions of let. When you let, as a free moral agent, you're choosing to allow something to happen. You're choosing to allow something to happen. When you let, it also says from a theological standpoint, you're choosing to allow God to do what he desires to do, and you're choosing to follow his direction. You're letting. You are in a state of, of let. And I want to start tonight in, in dealing with let by giving two antitheses of let. Two opposites of let. First opposite is when we choose not to allow something to happen. Theologically, when we choose not to submit to the will of God, that's the opposite of, of let. We choose to, to get in the way instead of allowing God to have his way. I said we choose to get in the way instead of allowing him to have his way. And, and before I go any further, how many can be honest tonight and just admit there have been times you, you've just got in God's way? 
you know, you, you felt he was too slow. It wasn't unfolding the way you, you wanted it to unfold. His process was not as swift as you desired. So instead of allowing him to have his way, you got in the way. Woo! Instead of allowing him to have his you got in the way. And that's actually dangerous. I said it's actually dangerous. It, it's dangerous because you got to understand first that when it comes to Jesus, he identified himself as the way in John 14 and 6. You remember what, it, what he said to his disciples when, when they were trying to figure out direction and he said, look, I am the way. I am the way. And when you get in the way and not allow him to be the way, that's dangerous. If he is the guide or the way, we need to let him be that. Now, now the wonderful thing about Jesus is he wanted to make sure that as being the way, he would not have to be such as one person or one human being. Because if he was Jesus in the flesh, he could only be the way in one place. But he chose to be the way through the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of Truth. Remember when he told his disciples, it's essential or necessary that I go because if I don't go, the Holy Spirit is not going to come. And he specifically told them in John 16 and 13 that when the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of Truth came, he was going to guide them into how much? All truth. He's going to guide them into all truth. But that stemmed from him letting them know in John 14 and 6 that he was the way. But he was going to be the way or direction for them through the Holy Spirit. And that's still true. Holy Spirit is valuable. You know, folks talk about how much money folks have, so forth and so on. But you know, you can't even put a price on the Holy Spirit. I don't think we really understand how valuable God being on the inside of us is. We have an omnipotent, omniscient God that tells us what to do. And what not to do every day. Every day. Every day. And, and even before Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit uh, coming and giving us direction or showing us the way, Solomon understood the necessity of following God. Remember what he said in Proverbs 3 and 5? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. 
And he's going to direct your path. He's going to give you direction. And, and he even warned them, don't be wise in your own eyes. Because you know, folk, we can think sometimes that we know more than we really do. And start trying to make decisions we have no business making. Yeah, God made us free moral agents, but as Christians, we should have learned by now that there are certain decisions we shouldn't dare try to make. There are certain decisions we should say, look, this is a job for the Holy Ghost. I'm going to have to let him tell me what to do. But some of us hadn't learned that. Some of us still trust folk too much. I said some of us still trust folk too much. You never consent or agree to something until you know the Holy Spirit is telling you it's so. If the Holy Spirit is not in agreement with, with what has been said that's coming through the mouth of somebody professional or somebody that's skilled in a particular area, you let that person be a lie until God tells you different. And that's Bible. Let every man be a liar. But let God be what? True. I got to go and tell somebody you got to get out of his way. And let him have his way. You got to get out of his way. And when we are in his way, we are not allowing him or letting him have his way. And he's he not going to force himself on you. He's not going to force you to do what he's telling you to do. Why? Because he made you a free, moral agent. We have to get to the point again to where we just choose to do what he tells us to do. Even though we don't see initially what he's trying to show us. Amen? Y'all all right? Yeah. Say one more time to, to somebody, you got to get out of the way. So he can have his way. And when you're in the way, that is an antithesis of him having his way. Are you letting him have his, his way? We clear on that? Yeah. All right, the final antithesis that I'm going to talk about tonight is when you choose to allow something or somebody to be a hindrance. I said when you choose to allow something or somebody to be a hindrance. Including yourself. Because sometimes our biggest problem is self. I'm going to give you one definition of, of hindrance. 
And I want you to remember this, this, this definition because it's actually the core meaning of hinder. It's when you choose to allow something to be a difficulty or when you actually put something in your path away that is a difficulty. A difficulty represents trouble, struggles, or challenges. If you challenge in your body, don't you allow that to hinder you from staying in God's will. If you're having trouble on the job, don't allow that to hinder you from thinking, talking, and doing what does says the written and revealed will of God. Don't allow it to be a hindrance. Don't put something in your path that's going to stop your progress. That's going to stop you from obtaining victory. Because you got to understand as a Christian, your victory is based upon your faith. First John 5 before, the victory that overcomes the world. And of course the world represents in one sense problems, troubles, trials, and so forth. But the victory that overcomes the world is even our, is even our what? So if I'm going to overcome it, it's going to be through the word. Because faith comes by and hearing. And so I, I, I have to be to the point to where I cannot allow anything or anybody to hinder me. A thing may cause me to lose my focus for a moment or two. But I can't allow that thing to get me off the path. If I'm losing my focus for a moment or two by looking at it, I can't cause that thing to get on the path. Yeah, you, I, I looked at you for a moment, but I'm laying you aside. I'm putting you behind me because I need to move forward. Say to your neighbor, you can't get off the path. But if you allow the difficulty that you're wrestling with to dominate your mind, you will get off the path. And some of us have, have, have done that before. You know, one of the reasons um, we, vivid, we get a vivid picture of what Jesus went through when it came to him being arrested, tried, and convicted, and so forth, is that he was the perfect 
portrait or example of somebody that was completely exhausted, could barely go, but yet he kept going. And I'm talking physically. He had been beaten, not just with a whip, but a whip that had iron balls on the end of it that actually went in his skin and pulled out meat and caused blood to flow from his crown to the sole of his feet. Constantly losing blood, but then they're going to take a tree. We think it was just a little bitty pole. But they put a tree on this man. We think it's that little nice cross that we see on NBC. I said, no, they, they, they put a tree on this man and told him, take it up the hill. He was so exhausted to where they actually got somebody to help him because he wasn't moving fast enough. My thing is, how you expect the man to move? You, you, done, you done hit him 39 times, the maximum penalty. Blood everywhere. You done took off his, his top wear, his bottom wear, and his underwear. I know we see that little piece of sheet on him. He didn't have on nothing. They stripped him. He was naked. But he kept going. Going. And see, Isaiah understood it. And that's the reason Isaiah 53, he uh, gave us a vivid picture. But then when we get to the book of Peter, he likewise gave us a vivid picture. Not as much as Isaiah, but it, it was a picture where you seen a man that, that was completely exhausted. Blood, alive, coming out of him. He was at the point of death while he was, while he was carrying that cross. But he, could, he knew he couldn't stop because he had to carry it all the way up so we could be redeemed. He couldn't stop. Why? He had us in mind so we could be. I got to keep going for Walker. I got to keep going for Baker. I got to keep going. If I stop, they're not going to be redeemed. And see, this is what we have to understand when it comes to our struggles, challenges, and so forth in life. Jesus, before he even took on the cross, said to his disciples, y'all coming after me, I need you to deny yourself. Take up your cross. I want you to take that thing that's heavy and bear it even though you're going through a physical struggle, a mental struggle, an emotional struggle. Even though you got something attacking your body that's causing you to be weak. You got to keep 
moving forward. Now this, this is for every Christian. This, this just ain't for one Christian. All of us in here, we got to cross the bed. It ain't the same one, but you're going to go through something that's going to try to hinder you from moving forward. And it's going to be challenging. It's going to be difficult. And, and it may be difficult when it comes to you from a mental standpoint. But, but your neighbor, it may be from a physical standpoint. You balance something in your mind and you don't even want to come to church. You don't want to do this, that, and the other. But they're battling something that's trying to kill them. But they have to keep moving forward and not allow that thing to hinder them from following Christ. And, and see... the. You have to let it happen. You can just say I'm done and quit. But if we're going to have the mind of Christ, we got to let it happen. We got to let the challenges come, but we got to let the challenges know I'm not giving up. I didn't get saved to quit. I didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit to give up. I'm going to keep moving forward. And in order to keep moving forward and, and things are attacking your mind, attacking your body, attacking your finances and so forth, you got to have the mind of Christ. But the only way you can have the mind of Christ again is, is to choose. You got to choose. To allow it to happen. You got to choose for God to have his way. In your life. But there are going to be things. And there are going to be folk. That's going to try to hinder you. I'm going to deal with that. And then I'm going to be done. I want to go to. Uh, the book of Luke. And keep in mind, we're, we're still dealing with the second and final thing. When you choose to allow something to, to hinder you. To hinder. And to hinder, in one sense, is when you put something on your path that's going to stop you from moving forward. Let's go to Luke 11. I want, I want to show you this one. Luke 11. The next two I want to show you. People will hinder you. More so than things, people will hinder you. You ready? Luke 11 and 52. This is what Jesus said. Jesus was bold because notice this. Woe to you lawyers. Luke 11 and 52. Woe to you lawyers. For you have taken away, notice, the key of knowledge. Now, now get this. He tells the lawyer, you done took away the key of knowledge. Second sentence. You did not enter in yourselves. 
And those who were entering in, you ended. How many folk have allowed somebody, especially somebody professional, to stop them from moving forward? They take away from you the key of knowledge. What, what, is, what is that key? Something significant. A key is something significant and essential. It's important and necessary. So what was Jesus talking about? We're going we're gonna to look at it. Let's go to, uh, and those he said, you've took, they have took away the key of knowledge. Let's go to Proverbs 1. And keep that in mind. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, first part, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? The key to knowledge is to reverence God. That's the key. Fear represents respect, reverence. You've taken away. You can actually allow somebody to hinder you from getting your blessing. I say you can actually allow somebody to hinder you from give from getting your your blessing. God, I told you He was going to do it, but somebody. They make it their business to take what God said away from you. Even Jesus talked about this. Jesus talked about how the devil, and we know when he, when he talks about the devil, it either represents the devil himself or someone, or a demon or someone that's connected to the devil. Jesus talked about how the soil went forth, and he sold a word. And immediately, the enemy of the devil came and he took it away, took that knowledge away. Why we need knowledge? Knowledge is know-how. Knowledge, knowledge in part is what you receive in order to think right, talk, and I'm talking from God's standpoint, to think right, talk right, and to do right, which results in receiving what God promised. Is that right? Yeah. The fear of the Lord is the what? Oh, it's the key. It's the key. It's the key. Look how ignorant we were before we got the key. You, you believe what you were raised to believe until you got the key. Boy, you can't have that. You better quit trying to act like them. But then you got the key and understood according to John 10, 10 that, that the Lord came that you might have and have it how? They used to tell you, hey, them preachers just want your money. And some do. 
Some do, but they, they tell you that to keep you from tithing. But then you got the key that lets you know that if you give God his tithes and offerings, he will open up the window of heaven, pour you out a blessing. You don't have room to receive. The key is knowledge. And knowledge comes from reverencing, respecting, or worshiping God. How many see that? But Jesus knew, and we have to understand that he knew people that had worldly knowledge in one sense, like the lawyers, who also were, were religious, he knew that they were, they were going to hinder folks from receiving the key they needed to life. Because if you got knowledge, it leads to you having life according to the will of God. Because if you didn't know, you couldn't have it. But when you, that was the key that opened it up and you stepped right in that door. And notice what he said. He, he said, you didn't enter in, and you made it your business to stop others from entering in. Folk are him to you. Folk in your own church are him to you. Folk in your own family were him to you. Folk you work with were him to you. Worst of all, you are him to yourself. You'll hinder yourself from having a Christ-like mind. Hinder yourself from, from having a mind in line with Romans 8 and 28. All things work together for the what? Because I love God. And I'm called according to his purpose. You, you have to be careful. Because... You can have that scripture embedded in you, and you can go and see your physician. And your physician can give you, can give you a report, and you leave out of there thinking about bad, even though Romans, in it, Romans 8 and 28 just let you know it's going to work out for you. Y'all ain't liking me tonight the way I need you to like me. What you mean, Pastor? You ain't, you, you ain't saying what I want you to say tonight the way I want you to say it. What you want me to say, preacher? Show you right. <laughs> that woke somebody up. But you see what he's saying right here? Now, final scripture. Let's go to uh, Galatians. We're talking about being hindered by, by people. The second antithesis of, of let. When you choose to allow something or somebody to, to hinder you. Galatians. Y'all there? You have to break in these new Bibles. 
But consider verse 7 in Galatians 5. Ready? Now he's talking to the church. You ran well. You ran well. You ran well. But then he, he asked the question, who hindered you from obeying the truth? And remember I, I told you earlier that the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of truth would guide us into how much truth? And notice what he's saying. He said, you ran well. It was a, it was a spirit-filled church. You ran well. But he said, who hindered you? From obeying what? Who hindered you? And he, he ain't done with it because he goes on. Look what he goes on to say. In verse 8. This persuasion does not come from him. Who calls you? It wasn't God that hindered you. Who? Who hindered you? They stopped following the way. Who hindered you from obeying what? The truth. Holy Spirit will guide you or show you the what? Way. They stopped following the way. Following direction. Now, this was the Galatian church. But it could be a place of refuge. Maybe not all the members, but it could be some of the members. Is that, is that true? Yeah, some of us, I mean, you were point blank fireball. We could have actually deemed you fireball for a season. But you know. We will have to take that name from you. Because the fire is gone. And so the question has to be asked. Who hindered you? Fireball. Say your neighbor, we can't allow a thing or a person to hinder us. Say to another neighbor, you can't allow what you go through. To hinder you. Even if, if it's a challenge, you, you can't do exactly what you desire to do because you're, you're being challenged. You still keep moving forward to the best of your ability, to the best that God has, has given you. And, and I'm going back to the example with Jesus. He wasn't moving fast enough for, for folk, but he kept moving fall no matter what you go through you may not be able to do it the way you desire to do it but as long as you're able to do make sure you keep moving forward because because one thing that the enemy wants more so than anything is for you to stop allowing God to have his way in your life I'm done let's get a lot of hand of praise